the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Monday, April the 26th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today on April 26, uh, 1986, an explosion, a fire at Chernobyl nuclear plant in Ukraine caused radioactive uh, fallout to spew basically all over the world, certainly all over that part of the world. World's worst nuclear explosion. Today in 1607, English colonists went ashore at present-day Cape Henry, Virginia. They were on an expedition to establish the first permanent English settlement in the Western Hemisphere. The first permanent settlement was Jamestown a couple of years later. Today in 1865, John Wilkes Booth, the assassin of President Abraham Lincoln, he was surrounded by federal troops near Port Royal, Virginia. He was killed. Today in 1933, Nazi Germany's infamous secret police, the Gestapo, they were created. Today in 1941, the first organ, you know, like da 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 da, at the at a baseball game was played at uh, Chicago. If you go to a baseball game today, even minor league games, a lot of them will have an organ, or they'll have recorded organ music that they play over the loudspeaker, and somehow an organ of all things has become synonymous with baseball. And they rev up the crowd with the organ music. You would think of organ music in a church. We used to use organs and that in church services. We sang from this little book. It was called a hymn book. But that was then, and this is now, isn't it? But anyway, the first organ at a baseball game today in 1941. Today in 1968, the United States exploded uh, beneath the uh, Nevada desert a 1.3 megaton nuclear device called Boxcar. And today in 2000, Vermont, uh, Vermont Governor Howard Dean, he signed the nation's first bill allowing same-sex couples to form civil unions. I'm not going to talk about that today, but that brings to mind when Washington State was demanding the gay activists, homosexual activists in Washington State was demanding civil unions. And uh, we were involved in that. And there were some evangelical pastors, one in particular, that kept telling the press, and they kept publishing it, of course, that we needed to give them civil unions because that would solve the gay marriage problem. They wouldn't ask for marriage if they had civil unions. Well, some of us we may not be Einstein, but some of us, myself and others, had figured out that that was not the case, and what it was an incremental move toward redefining marriage. And ultimately, they were able to do that, unfortunately, not only in Washington state, but in many states around the country. Corporate America is assuming the role of moral compass and virtue arbiter in the culture. We've been watching, we've been paying attention to big tech, as we should. We've been 
focused on big tech, as we should. We're fearing that they are canceling free speech, with which they disagree, as they are. We're learning that corporate America is consciously assuming the role of moral compass and virtue judge and using their financial power to dispose of values and truth which, with which they disagree. Corporations like Walmart and Apple and Amazon and Target and Coca-Cola, and there's others, they're kind of becoming the lamp that lights the way for the pilgrims of this earth. They're canceling anything that interferes with what they perceive to be the best for all of us, the little people. I'm wondering, are Christians and the Bible next in this cancel culture? A culture of wokeness? I'll come back to that in a moment. A number of conservatives are beginning to speak up about it. They're concerned. I'm going to speak up today, and I'm going to continue to. I'm concerned as well about big corporations inserting themselves into the social and moral issues of the culture. And it just isn't we adults, it's children as well. In fact, some believe that totalitarianism is on the horizon as America's woke corporate movement is leading us toward a new social credit system, much like China's. China has one. You carry around a little card. And you have a grade, a social grade. If you're behaving yourself, if you're submitting to what is the norm, their norm, the Communist Party in the case of China, their norm, you carry this little card around. You're able to travel on airplanes or not, depending on your social score. No, no kidding. This isn't something they're talking about. They're doing it. And everybody who cares and has looked into it knows it. There's people in America that are considering that because they think it's for the greater good. And they, too, believe that they have a better insight into what is moral and what is not, what is good and what is not good for America and for the culture. Will they come to a point where they'll decide that Christianity just doesn't fit our culture anymore? Pastors who preach the gospel of the Bible don't fit either. And those who follow and devoutly believe the principles, the teaching, the theology of God's word, they too don't fit anymore. In fact, they're an obstruction to progress. Journalist and author Rod Dreyer, he's, he's written several books, one of them, that I have looked through. I didn't read the whole thing, but I've read part of it. Uh, it's titled, Live Not by Lies, A Manual for Christian Dissidents. And he's saying in this, and I'm quoting him, corporations like Walmart, Apple, and others are richer and more powerful than some countries in the world. And because they believe that they're fighting for virtue, they're going to use the power that they have within the corporations, every other institution, to persecute the church. He said he sees it coming. He may be right. I hope he's not, but I he could be. Left-wing so-called progressive groups are putting pressure on credit card companies now and on online payment companies to ban conservatives because their views do not align with woke ideology, including abortion, 
climate change, LGBTQ+, rights, quote-unquote, social justice, open borders, COVID lockdowns, all this stuff. And it's all, it seems all unrelated, but it isn't. It's all related at the root. And that's why I'm talking about that today. All of these beliefs have a common thread that runs through them. What does woke mean? You've probably been hearing that word. I haven't used it a lot on this program, but it's been being used in the culture all the last year or so in particular. But woke, W-O-K-E, like awake, woke means being aware of alleged social injustice and taking action. I mean, that's basic. I mean, that's basically what it means. So when you hear that word woke and they're using it on newscasts and all kinds of stuff. Now, that's what it means, basically, is just that you're aware of alleged and it's usually tied to social justice issues. And that would be most of the social issues or spiritual issues that we care about as Christians. But corporations are being misled by a generation of younger, indoctrinated executives, I believe, that are on the rise within these companies. And they're influencing the old guys that actually run the companies. I don't know that the old guys, I mean over 40 or 50 or 60, these guys that run these large corporations, they're either looking to the younger class within their some mammoth organization. I mean, Amazon is bigger than some countries, as I said. This um, this whole thing is being driven by what a younger generation has been taught in the classroom from kindergarten through college, sometimes through master or PhD. These guys are coming into these corporations and they are beginning to influence the older guys that are still, for the most part, in control. The tech companies are different. These are younger guys that have created these tech companies, but the corporations of America are generally run and are just now becoming so, if, 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 they, if they are, run by younger people. But by, by and large, there's older people that are running and more mature people that are running these corporations. But the influence from within, not without, from within, is pushing the, the, the boards and the, the guys that are running these. And some of them have a, a large a stake of, of stock. They're stockholders in these companies. But they're moving the, the companies more and more to the left. Friday, I, I talked a little bit about um, this subject, but I, I didn't get into some things that even happened over the weekend that I wanted to. And so I'm revisiting a little bit. But on Friday, in my daily column, and I didn't mention this on the radio program, on this program, we're live, as you know, each day we originate live, each weekday, we originate live at 9 a.m. in the morning. Some of you hear it live and are hearing it as I speak, and some of you will hear it with a slight delay, but it, we're very current, and we, we work to stay current because we want to talk about what's happening in the moment. And that's why so many of you have seen the value of what we're doing and, and God has spoken to your heart and you've supported us and do support us, some of you very generously. And I, I can't 
adequately express my deepest appreciation for your support. And if you're not supporting this, I think it's important. It's not that my voice is so important, but God's truth is is just indescribably important in today's culture. I mean, this culture is going sideways at a rate that's just alarming, and we're headed for a cliff with old Joe Biden at the wheel, you know, driving, going, yay, I finally became president of the United States by lifelong dream. I mean, that's where we are. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's not like I have a vision for America. No, I've reached my goal. As a young man, I started out in Congress. I mean, these are his words, not mine. I started out in Congress, and my life's dream was to become president of the United States as they carry him into the Oval Office here a few months ago. It'll be 100 days in office this week. I forget which day, but one of the days of this week is his 100th day in office. I'm sure the press will, it'll be, you know, something akin to Christmas or something uh, on that day. But nonetheless, that's where we are, and that's why it's important that we 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 speak the truth, and we do that to the best of our ability every day with God's help and with your support. So if you if you don't support us, and but you feel what we're doing is is worthwhile, please do. We need you. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Or you can go to our website. It's faithandfreedom.us. Faith and freedom. Dot us and you should see it you'll see a page come up if you're on our website there's more and more people using the phrase faith and freedom now I've talked about that a lot but boy we run into it a lot today I I well I won't go there but I saw an article today that gave me a, a second glance I'll tell you it's stuff that I wrote a week ago published by another faith and freedom and they've got it out on the internet today as of this morning. I'm not upset about it, but I'm just saying, man, I just be sure you're on our website. It's faithandfreedom.us, and you'll see Faith and Freedom. You'll see the Capitol Dome of the Capitol, a picture of it come up. And um, you'll see my name, Gary Randall Ministries, across there. We've added that legally so that people can identify that it's us. We've been using that name for nearly 20 years now uh, professionally in, in, in our ministry. And... Um, I thought we had it pretty well buttoned down, but legally we we don't because you can't. You can't own faith and freedom. And so that's kind of where it is. So be sure you're on the right website. That's what I'm saying. But thank you so much for your support. And thank you for remembering us in prayer. There is resistance to what we're doing, for sure. But anyway, I wrote about this on Friday, and I didn't talk about it as much on this program, but I want to talk a little bit more about it and then about some things that happened over the weekend. I wrote about how big business is using this pandemic to create a a great reset, is what they're calling it, towards socialism and globalism, and they are. In it, I wrote quite a bit about Klaus Schwab, like Santa Claus, except with a K, Schwab. He's the founder and executive chairman of the World Economic Forum. Us ordinary folks out here that probably aren't deeply involved in the World Economic Forum, we know it, probably know it better as Davos. The uh, That's the annual uh, economic summit where the rich and the powerful jet into uh, Davos, it is Switzerland, to discuss a common economic path and now 
how to incorporate social issues into business plans of the most powerful companies in the world. That was the discussion at the last Davos meeting or Davos meeting. Companies of the world talking about how to incorporate social issues into their corporations. Schwab is a strong advocate for what he and now others are calling stakeholder capitalism. That means that large corporations now focus not only on financial return for the stockholders, but on a social return for the stakeholders. There's various activists and victim groups, all of them kind of under the same tent, Planned Parenthood, their abortion business, huge business, the Human Rights Commission, HRC, biggest homosexual advocacy group in, in, the, in America. Homosexual rights is what they do. Very successful. I call it virtue signaling. That's what the Pharisees did in Jesus' day, and that's what corporations are doing today. They're standing on the street corners trying to beat their chest, and they're trying to say, look, we're virtuous because we are supporting gay rights and same-sex marriage and a whole litany of things, abortion, which is not abortion, but it's women's health care, and on and on it goes. BlackRock is one of the largest asset management companies in the world. They've gone woke. A CEO, Larry Fink, is now urging companies to adopt sustainable, these are his words, sustainable stakeholder companies. You say, well, Gary, that's just a bunch of words. No, it isn't. It's, it's much more than that. Here's how it works. Instead of pitching their products, companies today are pitching political causes, far-left political and social causes. That's, this is how they're all connected. This is why abortion and uh, social justice is on the set. You see these guys marching in the streets, BLM, who are, was founded, Black Lives Matter was founded by two women who both say they were trained in Marxism. I mean, they're not even hesitant to tell the public. They tell the press that. It's no big deal. Press doesn't care. They're all in. They're woke as well. So these guys have all are all connected through this whole notion of being social warriors, but more than that, being a moral compass for our culture. When a conservative comes along, let's just say for an example, there are others, Mike Lindell. We've all seen him selling my pillow on television. If you've turned on a TV, you've seen Mike Lindell. He's all over the place. My pillow guy. But he disagreed with the press, and he was a very um, visible figure and was buying a lot of time on television, selling pillows and then sheets and all kinds of other stuff. And he is a conservative. That's his real problem. He disagrees with the accepted corporate social narrative. And where he disagreed and where the fire was ignited of retribution, was when he came out and said, yeah, you know, I agree with President Trump. I think that there, there were irregularities in this last election, last November. I think it was rigged in many cases. I think it should be investigated. And they said, oh, not, you're not going to be on TV anymore. Corporations started dropping, carrying his pillows. They just canceled him right on the spot. They said, nope, we won't carry your stuff anymore. TV stations started canceling. They wouldn't let him run his ads. I'm not, I, I'm not elevating him as 
uh, as the one example. There are many. He's probably the most visible. He disagreed with them. They have now become the corporations that own the retail and many other companies in America. They have now become stakeholder corporations rather than stockholder-controlled corporations. So they decided to cancel him. Bed Bath & Beyond and a number of other stores just immediately dropped. They said, we won't sell your products. Boom, you're done. You're out. You're canceled. The corporations, the big tech platforms, they come together on these kinds of points. They've removed him from social media, all because he believes there was fraud in the last presidential election. That is their problem with him. Yes, he's a Christian, and he talks about how Jesus Christ changed his life. They care about that, but not as much as they care about silencing him because he doesn't agree with the narrative. The President of the United States was removed from Twitter and Facebook for the same reasons. President Trump. Product manufacturers either become silenced or they look the other way and express no personal, social, or moral views. They're just silent. Or the marketing corporations use their products, even if the, if the owner doesn't believe in that, the marketing corporations are stakeholder corporations, and they use their products to advance political and social agendas that they tell their customer, the manufacturer, the guy that makes the stuff, whatever it is, whether it's a pillow or a bar of soap or whatever it is, they tell them, hey, you, you, to sell products, you can't just sell your product anymore. You can't say this is the best bar of soap or the best pillow or the best car or whatever anymore. You've got to attach it to a social agenda or people aren't going to buy your product. That's a lie, but that's the lie that's being told to these people. I mean big companies that manufacture stuff. And that's what's going on. If you don't attach, they say, a social agenda to your product, that is the stakeholder philosophy, they won't sell it. Here's some examples of what's what's on television. Shampoo makers, like Pantene is one of them, but there are a number of them. Shampoo makers used to run commercials about shampoo. Hey, this will make your hair clean, if you have some. And anyway, today's uh, they're pitching political causes, far-left political causes, because that's the right thing to do. The manufacturer feels better about himself. Well, we're trying to be virtuous and we're, we're doing something good and we're selling a lot of stuff. But they would be selling it anyway if they were advertising it, probably. Dove, the soap, is celebrating women's different body types. Vaseline has a campaign going right now that is, they say, Vaseline is fighting for equity in skin care. Fighting for equity in skin care? And equity is a word that they want to burn in, to brand into the minds and the conscience of America. Oreo cookie has a commercial now that's not about an Oreo cookie at all. It's about supporting the homosexual agenda. The whole thing. That's what it's about. Burger King is warning that bovine flatulence, <laughs> we used to call them cow pies, but no, from cows that it depends on for burgers is causing climate change. That is about the stupidest thing I've seen any of these big corporations do, but they're doing it. And oh, by the way, yes, they have a veggie burger now at Burger King. No thank you, Burger King. 
But corporate America wants to train you on how to think correctly about the social issues, and that's what's going on in our country today. Stephen uh, Sokup is a, uh, an author. He wrote a, a book titled The Dictatorship of Woke Capital, How Political Correctness Captured Big Business. And in it, he points out some of the things that I'm talking about this morning, about corporate America has assumed the role of the country's educators. He says in one part of his book, he says, and this is a quote, this is a continuation of a trend in American history of an elite ruling class that believes that they know better and that taking care of the poor, the stupid American people who don't understand what they really need and what they really want and what's really best for them is corporate's responsibility. Now Republicans like Mitch McConnell and other leaders have begun taking a stand against this, but I think it's too little too late, frankly, for these guys. I hope and pray it it isn't. I hope I'm wrong. But it's we, the people, who must be informed and take a stand against these overbearing, overreaching campaigns. After Major League Baseball yanked the All-Star game out of Atlanta to punish Georgia over its new election integrity law, they were just trying to clean up their laws, for goodness sakes. More than 120 CEOs of these stakeholder companies held a conference call to discuss punishing other states who would also try to reform their voting laws. Senator Rand Paul, he's called it out with a very clear, conservative, common-sense voice. He says these millions of people should boycott these companies because they're hypocrites for doing business with China while they're virtue signaling here in America. China uses Muslim slave labor and persecutes pro-democracy dissidents and hates Christians. But these people are in bed with China. Well, they're trying to guide America away from the gospel of Jesus Christ, basically. Rand Paul says they're boycotting the Georgia law and yet doing business with China. China's never seen a free election. No, China's, Now China's putting people in jail for over a year at a time for, uh, for speech violations. Some are saying that this wokeness movement, this stakeholder philosophy will go broke. Forbes and other business journals are saying, no, this isn't going to work out. It's going to collapse. Well, what's going to happen in the process? How should God's people respond to this obvious attempt to bring conservatives and Christians to submit to the far-left secular agenda that's being pushed in our culture today? 64% of Americans don't feel comfortable with this. And I will tell you, we are at a time, a very critical time, in this country, and particularly we Christians. Let me just leave you with this today. Charles Finney was a lawyer who gave his heart to the Lord, became a Presbyterian minister, a very conservative, biblical Presbyterian minister. He did a lot of things in his life. I don't have time to go through the many things that he did, but he uh, he kind of paved the way for Dwight Moody and Billy Sunday and later Billy Graham in his evangelistic crusades, they were huge. He, uh, In his uh, revival lectures, he inspired uh, George Williams to found, according to George's own uh, testimony, to found the, the YMCA, Young Men's Christian Association, back in 1844. William and Catherine Booth, they founded the Salvation Army. They said he was a great inspiration to them and so on. He just impacted a lot of people. He talked a lot about speaking the the gospel to the culture. And here's what he said, among other things. He said, if our politics become so corrupt that the very foundations of our government are ready to fall away, 
the pulpit is responsible for it. If there is a decay of conscience, the pulpit is responsible. If the public has degenerated worldly, the pulpit, in other words, the pulpit must preach the gospel. Well, we'll continue this conversation tomorrow. I'll see you then.